0: Hey everyone, Pat Sweet here. Before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know about a free ebook I have available for you called The Passionate Engineer. Perhaps shockingly, it's not a romance novel featuring Elon Musk. No, get your minds out of the gutter. It's a guide on the importance of falling in love with your work and how to take control of your career, love what you do, and be successful. And like my other ebooks and guides, it's free. Woohoo! Just go to engineeringandleadership.com slash Passion to download your free copy today. That's engineeringandleadership.com slash passion. This is the Engineering and Leadership Podcast with Pat Sweet, episode 25. Matt Sweet here, and welcome to episode 25 of the Engineering and Leadership Podcast, the show dedicated to helping engineers thrive. Today, I speak with engineer, author, and TEDx speaker Michael Tranmer about his journey from rock bottom to true happiness and how self discovery was the key to it all. Welcome, everyone. It's great to be back here on the show with you today. We had a bit of an extended Easter break where I took some time to enjoy a long weekend and then some. So it's uh, it's awesome to be back. I'm feeling ready and refreshed and very, very excited about today's interview. Uh, like I said off the top, really interesting chat to share with you with Michael Tranmer. You will not be disappointed with this. Uh, really, really cool story in terms of a professional and, and really just in response to incredibly difficult circumstances in his life. And I think there's a lot that we can all learn from Michael's story. But first, a little bit of housekeeping, just a few things I wanted to share with you. To all of those who entered the Engineering and Leadership Leaders or Readers Contest, thank you very, very much for joining. That was a lot of fun to run. Stick around to the end of the show, and I will announce who the winner is. It might be you, so, like I said, stick around to the very end, and you'll hear who won those books. And honestly, that's that's all I really had to share. And in any case, I'm super excited about the interview. So let's cut to the chase. Let's get right to it. We have all heard that necessity is the mother of invention. If there's any good that has come from this COVID-19 pandemic, it's that it's forced many of us to reevaluate our lives, to take stock of where things stand, and to ask some really tough questions of ourselves. Are we living the lives we really should be? Are we prioritizing what we value most? It's forced something of a reinvention of ourselves in many cases. And for my guest today, it wasn't a pandemic that drove a reawakening, but the sudden end of his marriage that forced a major reset in his life. Michael Tranmer is an engineer, author, and TEDx speaker. In his recent book, Satori Ananda, Awakened to Happiness, he chronicles his journey from rock bottom to true happiness and the effects that this reawakening has had in both his personal and professional lives. Michael holds a Bachelor of Mechanical Engineering from the University of Victoria in British Columbia, Canada, and a Master's in Coastal Engineering from Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. He's also a licensed professional engineer and a project management professional. He is currently the maritime and coastal lead for Western Canada for engineering firm GHD, and of course, the founder of Tranmer Coaching Solutions. One more thing before I get into the interview. One thing to note in this interview is that there's a minor curse word or two here and there during the interview, which I do not bleep out. It's nothing major, but I thought you should know in case there are uh, younger future engineers in the audience or nearby. So consider yourself warned. Here's my conversation with Michael Tranmer. Michael Tranmer, welcome to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you, Pat. Thank you so much. My my absolute pleasure. Looking forward to our conversation. Ah, likewise, likewise. Obviously, you're you're here. You've got you've got some really interesting ideas, uh, particularly as someone who's a, a practicing engineer, was really, really cool. Um, There's lots to get into, but where I wanted to start was with your book with Satori Ananda. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and and why you wrote it?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I wrote the book because... Why did I write the book? I wrote the book because I just felt what I went through was was, there were a lot of lessons in there. And my my story was, like you mentioned, I'm an engineer. I'm out here in Vancouver. I did my bachelor's at university of Victoria, bachelor's in mechanical engineering, and then I went back to my hometown, Kingston, Queens, Queens University, specialized in coastal engineering, and then came back to to Vancouver to start my engineering career. I had the had the job, had the girl that I met at the end of university, had a wicked condo that that we lived in together, and then really just I thought that was it. I thought I I thought thought that's I had all the boxes ticked and I was just ready to to cruise and settle through the rest of my life. But what became apparent very quickly that this, this settling turned into to quite the grind, quite the grind to get through each week and to, to get myself through the week, I would become this ultimate weekend warrior where I would do... All the things in the mountains, all the backcountry skiing, all the biking, all the surfing on on Vancouver Island. It was the only way to to get through these monotonous weeks. But, you know, during the week, I just I just come home and complain to to my wife. We eventually got married. We were together for, for 12 years, married for six years. And this, 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 this routine just went on for, for more than a decade. And meanwhile, at work, it was, it was also such a struggle for me to find who I was and, and how I can make an impact and, and what my position was within the consulting world. So it was a, it was a real struggle
0: all around. So I, I know that this is something that uh, I think a lot of people feel, right? When they get out of school, they say, yes, I'm, I'm an engineer. I've got it now. And then they kind of get there and think, well, wait. This is it. Like the, th- this is what I signed up for. At at what point did you start to kind of have that that thought in the back of your head like there's something not quite right? Probably
1: pretty early on within the, I mean I I spent my first year pretty much filing at this, you know, getting paid pretty good dough and and doing filing at, with my two engineering degrees. So the ego took a pretty big hit there but I, you know, after, even within the couple, first couple of years, I was like, is I you know I, I write that in the book, those exact words, like, is, is this it? And, you know, for me, I had this, this, a lot of ambition, a lot of energy, but I didn't really know how to direct it. And I tried, I went to different, different career counselors and it didn't really help at all. And I just, I just wanted to make more of an impact, but I, for For whatever reason, you know when when you're a younger engineer you you know you have the skills that that you do you do need to put in a little bit of a time but but for me the the wake up call came when I came home from from work. it was a Wednesday night in November a few years ago, and my wife was was sitting on the couch, and she told me she was no longer in love with me Wow. And then within a couple of days, she had moved out and and left me
0: for another man. And all this just you know unravels on a Wednesday night, uh, like any other Wednesday night.
1: Like I mean, we had been been going through a, a bit of a rough patch, but you know, thought that would we had been through them before. But this this was the ultimate end, and it was it was really in those moments where where that was the first time that I'd ever felt that real emotional pain, and I you know, I've, I've done an Ironman, I've, I climb mountains, I, I do all those things. So I've done all the physical pain, but this first moment of, of emotional pain was really a, a stress that i had never experienced before. But eventually what, 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 Became clear what this was—the wake-up call that I, I really ultimately needed to to get better attuned to to who I really was and and what my skills and capabilities were and how I was going to bring
0: them out into the world. So this is something I, I I'm I really badly want to get into because this is a this is a theme that that runs through your work is is this idea of of hitting reset in in, in your situation, it the reset button was was hit for you. Yes, there there were there were career stressors, and now uh, this this ultimate stressor to your marriage. All of a sudden, y- you've got kind of a blank slate. Not certainly not one that you anyone would sign up for. That 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 much is for sure. In in your book and and in your TED talk, there's there, there's this theme of self discovery and. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. The, the reset button is hit, and you embark on this this journey of self discovery. What what does self discovery mean in in practical terms?
1: What it, and what it meant for me in those early days? It was as an engineer, I had to I had to figure out to the best of my ability how I had gotten into that position, how I the relationship had unfolded, how I had been so blind to, to what was coming. How did I not see that? So that I would never feel that amount of pain again. I, and what that meant was taking a real hard look at, and this is the first, the first two pages of the book get in this like three, I detail three exact moments in our relationship where looking back, I did not reflect the type of person that I wanted to be. So taking ownership on where you come up short in your life, in your career, or your relationships, where you're out of alignment with your values, that hurts. And as but as much as that hurt, that ultimate clarity and that understanding of of how who you are and what situations had been could lead to this ultimate end, this ultimate rock bottom. It's a painful clarity, but it, it's so nice to have that that understanding.
0: So you, you look back and, and you're able to kind of put these pieces together. It, you, something you said reminded me of a, a quote. It's a, a, a Steve Jobs quote from a commencement speech where he said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. And it sounds to me like what, what you did was exactly that, is, is connect the dots looking back. It, it sounds like you were frankly, very analytical about it. You know, what went wrong? What happened? How could I have seen this? In retrospect, like you say, you're you're connecting these dots, but could you have seen that looking forward in in all fairness?
1: Well, I eventually got to a place where when you go through this exercise and, and, and however you and I, Pat, are sitting here right here in this moment, we can trace back every instance and every occurrence in our life that had brought us right here. And everything is perfect, right? Everything is beautiful to bring us right here. Everything worked out, even all those hard moments, right? Everything worked out perfectly for all that we have created and manifested in our lives. So why, I'm just talking to myself now, why do we get so, impatient and frustrated and all the things when we when we feel our lives aren't going in the right direction in the present moment because it's everything's always worked out to get us here as hard as it was and and all those all those challenges but the disconnect is as whatever we're going through now is challenging is just bringing us to where we need to go so there's it it takes a little bit of, of faith in there to to have that appreciation that the struggles that whatever we're going through in this moment are going to help us get to where we need to go. But the the sort of switch is that, and this is kind of later on in the story, later on in the book, that when you get very clear on some of these big goals and these new aspirations and whatever it may be, and you you hold that thought, you hold that intention, and you take steps towards that each and every day, that way, you can be way more of the creator of your your life. Where are these hard things that we go through are just leading us to somewhere that we're being intentional about.
0: Right, right. You, you used an interesting word there. You used the word faith, which I, I think is is fascinating. And this is something I'm I'm going to ask you about in a little bit. That this idea of the importance of of um, well, you're right about uh, something of a spirituality um, that that you discovered and mindfulness. These these are two ideas I want to get into in just a little bit because uh I, I think that's really interesting I think uh anyone who's listened to my show for any length of time knows that uh I I'm a a church goer well, my family is at church every Sunday and that my spirituality is something that's that's important in my life and 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 at work as well frankly so uh, that that's something I I will want to get into I want to I want to step back a little bit here and and come back to this this idea about you embarking on this self-discovery and and i'd love to know looking looking back on uh on your story and connecting the dots that you've connected what what have you learned about yourself in going through this retrospective what things what things stand out
1: um it's just i mean that would be a whole other novel there's just so (laughs) many things we learn about ourselves but i think i think I think what's before we, we sort of move away from the the, the beginning of the story, I think it's the part before where I started, you know, I was just starting to get into learning about myself because for for me, as as hard as those first months were, again, like pain that I'd never felt before in my life, and what and just this all like you said, it was this ultimate blank slate that I had that I didn't want. But sometimes you think about, right? You're like, what if I had this? And that can be a little bit exciting, too. But it was mm-hmm, this ultimate, mm-hmm. like, what am I going to put on the slate now? But what I knew was that I, I owed it to myself to do whatever it took. And I spent a lot of time here in the, the living room, on the on the living room floor here in Vancouver, looking up at the, at the skylight. And it was November at the time. Miserable. Raining all the time. So just a lot of time in, in grief on the floor. But I, I knew... I didn't want to be in that same position one year later. Mm-hmm. So I had to do I, the kind of the first step was making that commitment to pick myself up and to continue to to learn about, about how I'd gotten into that, that situation, but also try to get that clarity on what I was going to put on this new slate and what eventually developed. And like, you got to understand that this was a, a radical, a radical switch from, from from old me. I mean, old me was quieter, self-serving, not writing books, not speaking on TEDx stages, just going about my stuff. So this 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 real radical transformation really started in those early days because I started having these new thoughts and these new realizations. And I instantly, the first thing I did was was find this old journal that my father had given me. He had been giving them to me for years. But like I I don't write in journals. I was a 30 something year old guy at the time. So I just threw them all in my closet. Right. But in those early moments, I I, I grabbed it because I had to start writing down and capturing all these these questions and thoughts and realizations that I was having. And that eventually led to to a book. And so I discovered that I loved writing. I started discovered that I love speaking and sharing all that I was learning. So it was a it was definitely a process.
0: So so was was New Michael always there? was that guy always kind of uh, lurking beneath the surface and you kind of ignored him or told him to to hush up like I'm not interested in that or is this something that you really kind of pivoted
1: yeah i think i think i think all of our potential is already there and people say oh no it's you know you are who you are it's it's your your dna and i'm like yeah however it's our path it's our journey to unlock the fullest the fullest every every connection, every neuro connection, every micro bit connection, all of our fullest capacity in our DNA. And the way you do that is by stressing yourself, either having it done externally to you or pushing yourself, which is kind of harder. You know, as much as I push myself physically, I never went to those, those emotional or those personal places, which is where I needed to go. And but that's that's kind of the equation to get there.
0: See, that this is this is an interesting point here. You, you were forced into it, right? There was you, you were you were like we said, you had that blank slate, and you could have made the choice to stay there, I suppose, and and flounder. But in in, in light of wanting to move on with life and move on with your career and move on with yourself, uh, you you had to choose something. What would you recommend to people who maybe don't have that? Traumatic experience, whether whether physically or emotionally or or what have you, how how does someone without that external motivator hit that reset button and and go through this process of self discovery?
1: Yeah, it's two things, and I say this in the the TED TEDx talk. It's it's two questions that like it's like it's always like how how do you wake up without going through the trauma? And that's 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 hard. But if I were to speak to my past self, and if there would have been a way to to avoid the way things unraveled, it would have been two things. It would have been, can you be open and curious to new things that bring you joy? Like, how was I going to discover that I'm a writer and a speaker? I would never even had that. I never, I never had that. I never had that. I thought I was going to be a, a sports icon or something. Obviously (laughs) I didn't make it to the NHL. Obviously. When I stopped growing, when I was 15, that kind of, that kind of turned things off, but can you be open and curious to expanding your horizons to new things? And then number two, can you be humble enough to ask for help? Hmm. And that is, and I had reached out, like I mentioned to career counselors and things like that, but I had never sought out help to, you know, I, we, we were married and in a relationship, but it wasn't, was not great it can be great. Mm -hmm. We should all strive for great. Could I have, could I have, could we have reached out and tried to make it great? I don't know if I could have done that, but perhaps if someone is sitting here and listening to about this and we're going to talk about engineering, but if engineers have relationships too, when, when, when they go home, you can have a a great marriage and a great sex life and a great career as well, but you got to, you can, you can learn how to do it yourself. Or you can invest and hire in a coach or a program, whatever the heck it is, to help get there quicker.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a really important point: is that we're, we're talking about this one particular relationship, a, a marriage, but I think the same fundamentals apply to to any important relationship or life situation, right? The ability to um, to have that beginner's mindset, right? To yeah. to be curious about how how could this be better. And then having the courage, like you said, to reach out and ask for help. And no matter what sphere of life we're talking about, there are ways to be better. There are people out there that you can reach out to, even if it's, it's something as informal as a mentor, someone who's, who's been there and knows the way and can show you. So you go, this, you go through this experience, you go through this self-discovery, and you become, as you've described, something of a new person. How do people react to that at the office? How, how did this? How did this change the way you lead and 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 practice engineering? I I can only imagine people kind of did a bit of a double take, like who who is this guy? What's going on here?
1: Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's 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 a couple lines from the talk, and that's a chapter in the in the book because you know earlier on my my you know. I'm on the West Coast in Canada, but my family is for the most part back in Ontario. And so I was going through all this and I was changing and I was transforming. And then, and then I started to share more on social media. Then I start to take videos and selfies of myself with these big long captions that I'm writing. And I'm saying that I'm discovering all these new things and I'm actually feeling really good. You know, the name of the book, Satori Ananda, Satori is Japanese. It means flash of enlightenment. And ananda is Sanskrit. It means the bliss of being. Hmm. And I chose these two words. I pulled them out of a Eckhart Tolle book that I was reading at the time because it really captured what I was going through. I, you know, I was having these real moments of clarity. And when I was fully present in the, in the present moment, I felt incredible. I didn't have to worry about the, the relationship and how it had unraveled and all the things that I missed. I didn't have to have that anxiety about the future and all the unknowns. I was spending a lot of time in nature. I was writing, totally in the zone. I felt better than I, for moments, than I ever had in my life. And then I, I start sharing about this, and then obviously my my friends and family watching over social media are like, "Who the hell is this guy?" and <laughs> "And what the hell is this?" And I'm like, "I feel good. I'm changing. I'm learning new things." and And they were very curious. But one of the things, you know, my mother and a lot of my friends were were worried about that. It's not like the old me was a bad me. There's a lot of, and I like a lot of parts of the old me and a lot, most of him is still here now, but they didn't, they didn't want me to kind of punish him and and, and put him away. They definitely wanted him to come along for the ride. And then in the, in the engineering world, you know, since I've, I've, I've since, you know, since that period of time, I, I really had to, to, to have a, a clean start there as well. I eventually left the firm I was with. I started my own coaching business for, for a year or two in there to really go out on my own. But now coming back in this new firm that I'm with, I I absolutely can show up in, in a different way, in a different sense of leadership. And how do people react? They they love it. It's great because I'm learning and teaching a lot of the stuff that I have transformed through. I'm teaching that to a lot of the engineers.
0: Yeah, that's great. And and it's, it's a, a blank slate professionally as well. This is not you're, you're not tied to your previous experience. And this is something that that I talk a lot uh, about with, with my own coaching students, my own staff, is that no career move is a life sentence, right? Um, nor is any previous career situation a life sentence. You can end up somewhere different from where you are now. Um, you can take steps towards something different in the future. And, you know, if you're not crazy about, where you are now, you want to flex some different muscles, practice some different skills, you can always do that. So really interesting to hear about this professional transformation here uh, as well. Something we talked a little bit about earlier is is the idea of of, of faith and mindfulness. And I think mindfulness in particular is something that uh, many of us have probably heard about in the last several years. There's always a story about you know, the pro athlete who meditates or the, uh, the executive or the entrepreneur. And I think particularly during the COVID-19 pandemic, maybe the volume has been turned up a little bit on the importance and value of mindfulness, especially with all the external stressors in life. For the uninitiated, could you explain a little bit what, what mindfulness is and, and, and practically what you can do to practice it? Because I think, I think this is something that is still, despite it being kind of a, a pop culture term, it's still pretty fuzzy for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't think I have a great definition, but, but for me, it's really just becoming aware of what you're thinking about. That's one, that's one aspect of it, but let's just stick with that because that is huge. Become aware of what you're thinking about. And the reason I I, I started to learn so much about this was that I, I started to have all these realizations that some of these, these negative and and really horrible outcome thoughts that I had always had in my head had manifested in the end of my relationship. And that is a hard realization. But as soon as you become aware of how powerful the thoughts are in your head, and I write about all about how I learned about this. I studied Dr. Joe Dispenza in depth, in depth. But as soon as you become aware of what you put into your head, and how it drives your your future and your 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 present as well, you become a lot more mindful of putting in things that you want to experience things that you want to be part of your life goals that you want to achieve, positive outcomes, feeling good, creating the the, the world and the life that you you want to so the one element of the mindfulness is is when you're really getting in touch of thinking about being aware of what you are putting in your head. And that's where the meditation comes in. Because your your eyes are closed. And you're sitting there. And your brain's going crazy, because you have 1000s of thoughts coming into your mind. And you're like, and you're like, this is so uncomfortable. Let me open my eyes and go back to my phone. Because that's a way that I can just zone out. I don't have to try to control all these thoughts darting into my mind, but it's, it's a journey. It's a practice. It's a muscle and awareness muscle that, that we can, can build And the way there's so many ways that it becomes very powerful in a professional sense in engineering, because when you can have that, that real calmness, when things start going sideways on, on projects or with your project team, you can settle things down, you can settle things down for everyone else. You can refocus on the task at hand. You can tune out all the noise, and you can help people focus and be a leader towards a more positive outcome.
0: There's a, a term that uh, I've stolen from uh, an author named Charlie Gilkey um, called a uh, head trash, which which I think I think summarizes the the, the idea very very well. Is you, it's really tough to believe just how busy a mind can be until you learn to pay attention to it and how much of that busyness is, is not healthy, not productive until you learn to, to really l- listen to what's going on and step away from it a little bit. You realize like, holy cow, like I spend a lot of my time thinking about X or dwelling on Y and it gets me nowhere. Um, so if someone would like to, to develop a practice in, in mindfulness, meditation, what, um, what would you recommend? How, how, would, how would you get started?
1: Yeah, and for, for me, I had been doing yoga for, I mean, I've been doing it for 15 years. And I, never, I never really under, I guess I, I always felt good after going to a yoga class. And I thought it's because I was doing the stretching and all of that. And yeah, that, that's one element. But really, it is a form of meditation. Many different forms of meditation, but in the, in the in the yoga sense, you're you're following, you're listening to the guide, you're listening to the teacher, and that's the only thing your mind is is centered on for that hour. And that's one of the reasons why you get out of class and you're like, wow, I feel really light and clear and good, is because you've tuned out all the noise out of your your mind. So if you're doing yoga, you're kind of already doing it. But the way the way I got into meditation is is like anything, and you know, choose choose your choose your, choose your device. You can, you can, it's on YouTube, it's on an app, it's join a program. It's, it's, ev- everything is available to, to learn right now, either. And you touched on this before about, you know, really this of knowledge, like either, either you, you love what you know, or you love what you don't know. Right. And this was transformed formative to me because during those that first decade of of my career I was so stagnant and I was waiting for stuff to come to me I have learned more in the last three and a half years than the last 15 years hands down all at my initiative because I'm learning about things I'm super excited about and I'm doing it on my own time and I'm turning it into a, a business selling books and speaking on stages yeah that's a motivation as well but it's it's, it's just so much easier to, to learn about things that you're passionate about and to get. So getting back to the, the meditation, everyone struggles in the beginning and they're like, well, this is not fun. How do I do it? Why am I not levitating off off the ground? So it's all about really finding the, the app or the video, whatever it is. Do it with your your bodies, whatever it may be. But just know that just know. The two most transformative things that, that, that I did during this, this time were journaling and meditation.
0: Hmm. It's amazing. Uh, you, you hear about, you hear, you hear people recommend simple. Uh, now I, I say, I say simple. Meditation is in, in many ways simple. It's, it's not complex. That's not to say it's easy. <laughs> journaling is, journaling is the same way simple practice yeah. um so it's a, really interesting to hear you um uh recommend those i i, I for one have heard I, I can't even count how many people have recommended those um so that that's that's a good reminder
1: yeah and if if like i've been i developed and i write about developing the one in the book and now almost 3 years later i still do the same practice that i developed i still do it every morning for 15 20 minutes There's a recording of it. If you can do the same one as me if you want. And if you go to my website, michaeltranmer.com slash meditation, fill in the form. It'll get emailed to you in two videos will get emailed to you. And come come if that one resonates with you, beautiful. It's but it's I have been doing that same one for almost three years now. And the days that I do it, which is pretty much every day my day starts very
0: well. That's awesome. And I'll, I'll definitely be putting a link to that in the show notes as well. Make sure that uh, people have access to that. One of the things I wanted to, to ask you about is 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 balance here, because you've got a lot on the go. You're, you're doing podcast interviews. You've got the book. You're speaking. You've got a full-time gig with significant responsibilities, leadership responsibilities, management. How are you making it all work? And uh, is, is there a way to to make this all kind of uh, harmonious? Because I know a lot of people who the 9-to-5 is anything but a 9-to-5. It's, it's more like a 7-to-7 seven seven in a lot of cases, especially with working from home. Um, for anyone who, who might want to take on more or explore things outside of their current kind of sphere of, uh, of knowledge, how do you do it? How do you fit it all in? Yeah, it
1: becomes a lot easier when you're doing something like I mentioned that you really love. It becomes it becomes easy and and I appreciate people have other responsibilities, families, kids, all of that stuff. But if you just have 10 or 20 or 15 minutes in the evening to take one step further each day towards whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to create. A bunch of my it's so inspiring to see some of my friends that have been been following me on on this journey like starting to paint and then starting to sell their paint online starting their own yoga studio with zero people showing up for the first couple months and then one person shows up but they're just starting their own things and it's not easy and there's a lot of failure and a lot of fear to overcome but the other aspect for me, for all the stuff that I'm doing right now, the, one of the biggest things that I, that I have made a real point of doing that I, I didn't do in the past was I'm so honest and in integrity and transparent with my employer about all this other stuff that I'm doing. Because you don't want, and I'm boundaries as well. When I'm at work, I'm at work. When the bell rings afterwards, I'm doing podcasts. I'm getting on Clubhouse. I'm speaking on virtual stages. I'm doing book promotion on the weekends. You know, I do less of the, the extreme sports now. Now I'm going to to meet authors. I was with an author yesterday. She's telling me about how she's getting her book made into a movie. And my brain just explodes. I'm <laughs> like, this is the coolest thing ever. I can't wait for this to happen in my life. And so I'm just gathering information. I'm just gathering information. I'm making connections and relationships and, and contacts about how to take those steps. But I have that intention. Like my book is going to be a freaking amazing movie. I don't have any idea about how that's going to happen, but I know that is a possibility, a goal that I want to keep taking steps towards. So I'm just gathering information. But if I just gather one piece of information, if I only have 10 minutes a day, then, then that feels good.
0: Right, right. And I- incremental steps are still steps, even if they're not huge. And uh, so long as they're focused. Right. So it's, long as you have that sense of what the goal at the end of the day is. Yeah. And,
1: and, and as long as there's motion, like I've done so many steps this way, failure. That way, nobody shows up for an event. That way, the book sucks. Hire another editor and just but at least I'm, you have to be moving. I'm obviously all about the meditation and setting the intentions and raising the energy to match the vibrations of the future you're going to create but you have to take action. Hmm. And action means taking scary action. Action means going to, if I'm unlocking, like we talked about earlier, all of our DNA, all the potential within us, that means taking steps into the unknown, into places that we've never gone before. And that is scary, but it is absolutely necessary.
0: So what's next for you? What what steps into the unknown are, are you looking to take? Uh, both, both uh, as 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 an engineer in in your technical practice and in your uh, in your, your speaking and writing. Where, what's next?
1: Yeah, I mean, what we spoke about before we got on, I, I got on Clubhouse, something an app that I've been avoiding for a while. And so that's scary <laughs> when you when you host a room or start a room and maybe there's nobody in it. But I can see what the potential is because it's it's such an in- interesting platform. Because when someone hears you speak, they're either they either resonate with you or they don't. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're doing something like Instagram posts or Facebook posts, you just can't really get a vibe on who the person is on the other side of the post. So with the audio it's, and that's a, what's so amazing about podcasts as well. Either, either you're like, I like this guy and he knows what he's talking about or he's full of shit and I'm, I'm not with him. Right. One or the other. So for, so that's something new, but for, for me, another kind of the scariest thing I did last week was invest a lot of money in in marketing and PR for the book and the talk, and and now I'm now I'm now I'm just about to hold on for the ride that's about to come out this this spring and summer, and just continue to to you know keep taking steps in the right direction, keep keep making sure my energy is going to to good places, but this. This is a very unknown period that is about to happen to me. And I, I I think for myself, I just need to to know how to manage my my health and my energy because I feel super good right now. It's spring. The sun's getting up early. I'm like, I don't need to sleep. I don't need to eat. I'm just gonna, you know, hit some cliff bars and go. But that's that'll work for a while, but not not in the long run.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Mm-hmm so uh, listen, i I think there's there's lots to be excited about. um i I've had a lot of fun chatting with you if if uh, if people would like to to learn more about you, about your book, your work, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, I appreciate
1: it, Pat. yeah, no, this is uh, this has been one of the better conversations I've had in a while. So I really appreciate you looking forward to you getting more connected with your audience, like, if you're listening to this and, and, and just, just say, hi, like reach out on social media and say, hi, it's, it's always, and then tell, tell me and tell Pat, like, what's, what's one thing you you took out of this. It's, it's always, it's always better to have a two way conversation and and hear what the Mm -hmm, feedback mm -hmm. is. But for, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm super easy to find online. My website is michaeltranmer.com. I spend most of my time on Instagram, michael.tranmer. Now just got on clubhouse, michael.tranmer, LinkedIn, I look a little bit more professional on, on LinkedIn there. Um, Facebook as well. I mean, I'm in all the places I'm, I'm hard to avoid these days, but this, this, uh, like this is fun. It's, and it's been a little different for me right now. Cause I'm the last couple of years, I was like, you know, do the task, write, write the book. And then it was right. like, develop the talk and, and, and learn how to do that and step into being that person. Now I'm like, I have these two assets and all i need to do is 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 have fun talking about them and put myself out there and i'm just it's way more fun when when it's a two-way conversation and the absolute best thing is to hear feedback from from the readers from the book and it it uh there's tears every time it's absolutely incredible so just, but just know, I'm just a human on the other side of of all of this, just like everyone else. So just just say hello, send a message. Love to hear from everyone.
0: Absolutely, and I'll, I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Uh, really, really had a lot of fun with this, uh, Mike. This is this has been just great, and I I have every confidence that uh, listeners of the show will have had a lot of fun as well. So again, do check the show notes. I'll have links to all of Michael Tranmer's, uh, online, uh, online locations. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, man, we should, we should
1: do this again. We'll do a follow-up. Yeah, you need to hear more from your side. I want to hear more from your side as well. So perhaps we can do a flip the mic thing in, in the future. That'd be fun. All right, let's do it. It's a date. Cool.
0: Thank you. Thank you once again, Michael, for everything. As I mentioned in the interview, I'll post links to Michael's book, his website, his TED Talk, everything will be there on the show notes at engineeringandleadership.com slash episode 25. One thing that I wanted to recommend here uh, after this, this interview, one of the topics that we talked about quite a bit was the idea both of mindfulness and meditation. It came up throughout the interview. If that's of interest to you or you'd like to learn more, I know it can be difficult to know where to start. As someone who who recently started his own meditation practice, it, it can be a little bit daunting to, to know where to go, how to start, what to do. So two recommendations I would make. One is a book called 10% Happier, How I Tame the Voice in My Head, Reduce Stress Without Losing My Edge, and Found Self-Help That Actually Works, a true story. <laughs> it's quite a quite a mouthful, but a really, really good book. Author's name is Dan Harris. Uh, and, he, and he explores kind of crashing into a pit of despair after years and years as a as a war correspondent and living kind of a, this crazy life. Dan Harris had an on-air meltdown, effectively. He was a, a news anchor, and it chronicles his story from going from that on-air meltdown to figuring out how he's going to fix his life. And he tries everything and meets a number of today's top self-help gurus and 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 tries different religions it's a, it's a fascinating story it's hilarious it's written in normal english and you really do feel like you're inside Dan's head and it's very accessible very very cool and anyway he he stumbles upon meditation and explains what that has done for him in his life really really cool book and the other recommendation that I would make is an app called Headspace and Headspace is kind of like, it's, a, it's, it's guided meditations in your pocket. Uh, it's very, very cool. There's a really generous uh, free trial that you can try out. Uh, very highly recommended. Something like 600,000 five-star reviews on the iTunes App Store. Like it's, it's ridiculously popular. So uh, 10% happier and Headspace. Uh, very, very highly recommended. Next up, we've got the Engineering and Leadership Mailbag. Well, my friends, you know just how this works. This is the part of the show where I read your messages and answer your questions. I promise to read absolutely everything you send me, and I promise to share my favorites here on the podcast. There are a few notes that I wanted to share today. Arthurine Shackelford wrote me on LinkedIn to say, your podcast is great. That was really, really kind of you. Thank you very much. There was also a uh, a review left on the Canadian Apple Podcasts site from D6 Wong uh, saying, great to see a podcast like this. This is a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Looking forward to more episodes. D6 Wong, thank you very, very much. Hopefully, these these episodes have fulfilled your dream, that you're getting the episodes you really wanted. Finally, Rico Radicek wrote to share some of his career story with me. And he explained that after 35 years in the chip technology industry, he's become an author. He's got a book on engineering management and also some high-tech science fiction as well, which is really, really cool. I've heard a lot from engineers who have become authors either as their second career or something that they do in parallel with their their current career. You might remember from a few episodes back, Matthew G. Dick writing uh, a hard science fiction novel called Seed. Anyway, really, really cool. So if there are any other writers in the audience, I would love to hear from you. I've absolutely got a book in me one day. Uh, You'll have to keep me honest on that. I definitely have to pen something. So anyway, uh, Rico, I'll be putting links to your books in the show notes. Again, engineeringandleadership.com slash episode 25 if anyone's interested in that. And just a quick reminder that if you'd like to be on the show, I would love to hear from you. Go to engineeringandleadership.com slash contact. There you can leave a voicemail or a regular email message. Or if you'd like to reach out to me on LinkedIn, that's a great way to contact me as well. Again, I'll put all the links relevant to that in the show notes. Finally, the moment you've all been waiting for. I am very, very happy to announce the winner of the first annual Engineering and Leadership Readers Are Leaders contest. And that person is Hans Henrikson. Congratulations to you, Hans. I'll be reaching out to you very shortly to sort out getting you your books. And thank you once again to everyone who participated. It was a lot of fun. And this is not the last contest I'll be running. This is a, it's a great way to connect with people, a great way to to, to share with you the kinds of things that I'm really into. And, and li- like I say, almost every episode, I love reading. I'm always, always reading. I've always got a couple books on the go. Uh, so hopefully, Hans, you enjoy what I send you. Uh, and if you didn't win, which is most of you, <laughs> obviously, that's how math works. Um, uh, stay tuned. There'll be more in the future. That, my friends, is all the time we have for the show today. Thank you once again to Michael Tranmer for joining me on the show today. I'll be back next week with our next episode where you'll be hearing from Dr. Lucas Marino on the power that learning and teaching can have on your career as an engineering manager. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave a review on whatever podcast service or device you're using. I'd love to hear what was the most memorable thing you heard on the episode today. And if you do leave some sort of review that provides me with some great feedback that helps me make the show better and helps others find the show as well. So it'd be fantastic if you could do that. For more information and links to the resources mentioned today, just go to the show notes at engineeringandleadership.com slash episode 25. Until next time, this is Pat Sweet reminding you that if you're going to be anything, be excellent. You've been listening to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast with Pat Sweet. If you'd like to learn more, go to engineeringandleadership.com where you'll find more free articles, podcasts, and downloads to help engineers thrive. That's engineeringandleadership.com.